Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Smack, episode five. With me this week is the wonderful Mandy Moore. Not that Mandy Moore. (laughs) Different one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on the show this week. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, we have a fun topic. We're going back to video games. We're going to do our top five desert island. Mandy has presented me with a... uh, an interesting query that I have to ponder while we go through our news fairly quickly here. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about is Godzilla King of Monsters is wrapped production, but it's not due out until March of 2019. Oh, it's killing me. Um, <laughs> one of my good friends actually is a huge Godzilla fan, so I, you know, uh, he won't ever let me not hear about everything Godzilla. So the fact that we're sounds like a good friend to me. Yeah, right. (laughs) He goes to the Godzilla cons every year and he actually got to meet like one of the creators and he's a huge fanboy for it. But yeah, it's uh (sighs) it's all the good movies always get pushed back. Well this one's probably like sixty percent post production anyway, because you've got giant monsters, there's rumors that it's gonna be um, not just Mothra or King Ghidorah, but there are also rumors that they're throwing in Rodan in there as well. You gotta create a like Marvel Cinematic Universe, but for kaiju. It just it seems like they're throwing all their monsters in one movie though, and that has me a little concerned. Oh, okay, so Spider Man three. Yeah, the- <laughs> or Amazing Spider Man two. Oh God, I, that, that's Which, a whole other podcast. Yeah, well, we're getting into that, that in a little bit here. Uh, not necessarily those movies in particular, but the the Sony people. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. I, immediately after that, we also have Godzilla versus King Kong. I forget exactly what that's going to be called. But I'm excited for this kaiju genre that's really kind of budding out since Pacific Rim came out. I am too. Um, P- Pacific Rim, I, I loved. I, I'm not the biggest kaiju person, but I'm, I've always been around like anime, Japanese culture growing up with mm. that. So I always remember in Japanese class when we had a slow day, our teacher would throw up the old, old classic black and white Godzilla movies in Japanese. So no, no subtitles, nothing. So I love those for the cheesiness factor and mm-hmm. everything on it. And then I remember my dad loved the, um, oh, what was it? The 1998, 99? Oh, Godzilla. no. Oh, God. That's when I love my dad, but... <laughs> You keep him at arm's length and you just go, I don't know this man. Yeah, pretty much. So we watched that all the time and I just remember being like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> like, I want something good. So that's kind of something I'm really happy about is I guess these genres you don't really see anymore are kind of getting, you know, their dues finally. Mm, the good n- or bad, or at least they're kind of dipping their toes in the water and seeing how it goes. Yeah, the nostalgia stuff is really kind of is coming back in a strong way like you've got power rangers coming back uh the movie was fine it was i think it was better than average but it we'll see what actually happens if they get a sequel yeah Um, but that definitely falls into the kaiju you got giant monsters fighting giant robots so you know that's the important thing the nostalgia stuff is here to stay for at least another probably 10 years until easily until our generation gets a little too old and they go for the younger generation, yeah, the, the millennials. I don't consider myself a millennial. I'm in my early to mid thirties and I just, I, every time someone lumps me in with the millennials and I'm like, no, I, no, I, I'm, what is it? What was it, Gen Y or Gen Pepsi? One of those? <laughs> Gen Pepsi. Well, I, I a lot of the problem is too, is, um, they technically haven't done the cutoff time yet. But if you actually look at it, there's it's millennials and then there's uh, oh what are they called? They're called like centennials or something like that. That's the younger gen. But instead of calling them that, they're just calling them all millennials. So everybody in their mid thirties to like 
eight are technically a millennial <laughs> right now, which that's, it's, it's a little, they, they need their cutoff that's point. That's fairly wide ranging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, okay, cool. Cause you have all these generations that you know, maybe 20 years and they cut it off and they all have names, mm-hmm. but apparently a millennial is everybody born 30 years ago till the next 50 years, apparently. Pretty much. Uh, moving on, speaking of things that happened 50 years later, Avatar 2 has begun production. <laughs> yeah, 50 years. <laughs> uh, I mean, talk about striking when the iron's not hot anymore. Well, it reminds me of like just thinking back on, on video game topics, just Minecraft, just after... Or Five Nights at Freddy's on that matter uh, of like, okay, cool. That was cool about four years ago, three, four years ago. And now you're just now seeing all this merchandise and all these like big plans Mm. and all. Yeah, no, Avatar, it was cool when it came out. I I wasn't the biggest fan. I'm I'm a I'm a grump when it comes to most (laughs) things, to be fair. Uh, It was cool. It was like the first 3D movie I really saw. Mm -hmm. Um and the 3D was pretty impressive, um, especially since it being early age of the new technology they're doing. Yeah, they got rid of the red and red and yeah, blue the, glasses like, with cardboard. 3D. Yeah, <laughs> is the like cool sunglasses yeah, hipster right? 3D. The, the hipster hipster 3D. <laughs> yeah, no, I just and and how many? They're they, going up to five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I want to know where he thinks the story can go. I feel like they told a pretty concise story and. In Avatar. Yeah. I mean, it, they also ruined another franchise by taking the name Avatar. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan Lamalulu uh, <laughs> had, had a, a little help in that too, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to, they couldn't even call Aang the Avatar. They had to change it to the Avatar <laughs> because they didn't want to sound too much like Avatar. Yeah. So James Cameron gets a big middle finger for me for that one. <laughs> uh, but he also gets. Maybe some redemption because he's making Terminator 6. That's actually Terminator 3. Um, well, he's not making it. He's producing it. And it's being directed by Deadpool director. Um, oh, dang. I forgot his name. Tim something. It doesn't matter. He made Deadpool. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah. That's all he'll be known for. Yeah. He, and basically, they're bringing back Linda Hamilton, who played the original Sarah Connor. Uh, obviously, Arnold's coming back. And they're going to embrace his age. I don't nice. know exactly how they're doing that. No one does, obviously. Right. Uh, they also have the people who did the Sarah Connor Chronicles working on the script. Oh. So it's it's kind of cool that they're having like the people who made ter- good Terminator things working on this instead of just having random people like, I have a script. It could work as a Terminator movie. To be fair, it's about time, though. I'm so tired of movies uh, getting sequels or anything, TV shows, and they just bring on people who don't know what they're doing and and again like you know everybody can be a rookie and have like a big breakthrough but when you have a formula that works like a team that knows what they're doing and they get the lore and they understand the characters why not bring them back it'd be too easy i guess well in the case of these people they're the ones who basically created the lore it's not just like they know it they they created it james cameron essentially sold the rights to the first terminator so he could make it and then he made the sequel Mm -hmm. and then he was like i have told my stories i'm done and then they just drove the series into the ground yeah pretty much and he's he's just like i'm gonna go make titanic and take a (laughs) 10-year sabbatical until i make avatar right (laughs) And then this news makes me a little sad. There's going to be a Teen Titans Go feature movie coming in 2018. Uh, This is going to be a theme in the next couple of things we talk about. 
Uh, one that seems really quick. So obviously this has been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. And two, you have that look in your face that just says, I love Teen Titans Go. Uh, I don't. My best friend absolutely hated it at first. Now it's her guilty pleasure. Oh, geez. So she is so stoked. But she embraces how dumb it is. She she embraces. She knows. She That's... knows it's terrible. But I'm happy for her. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a... A hatred in my gut for this show because it's basically what killed Young Justice, and I love that show. That show is so good. It's I'm super happy about a uh, new season mm-hmm. finally uh, um, popping up. Unfortunately, it's on a new streaming service published by DC. Yeah. So another thing that you have to subscribe well, to. And Marvel's doing that too now, where they're doing their own little streaming service. I'm pretty sure. A Disney is. Oh, Disney. That's what it is. And the, they're gonna have some Marvel stuff on I there. I think they've confirmed um, that it'll have Disney and Marvel as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just. Or <sighs> Disney and Marvel, Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, and it's just I, my money. <laughs> I'm already throwing all my money at video games and comic books and like the two movies I can afford to see a year because God forbid I come up with fifty dollars for a box of popcorn. But now all these streaming services of shit I need to watch now. Yeah, I do think the streaming thing will eventually self-correct just because people are going to start picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think CBS is already starting to kind of regret their streaming service because. Having Star Trek and I assume the entire back catalog of the Big Bang Theory is not enough to get people to <laughs> right? subscribe to your service. I hope so. I'm, I'm really... Um, well, it was kind of like the whole um, fiasco with cable a few years back where people are like, man, it'd be great if I could just buy like 15, 20 channels that I love instead of buying a package of 10,000 channels and only watching three. It, you know, streaming service kind of was somewhat of an answer to that. Being like, okay, cool. Well, you know, eight bucks a month, you get to watch... You know, a collective of shows that you like, but now that they're adding, oh, everybody's got streaming now. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Which small side tangent? Uh, that's one of my one of our favorite things to do on this show. I don't know if you've listened and noticed, but we love tangents and uh, streaming services. I just have to give a quick shout out of love to Hulu because they brought TGIF to their service this week. That's awesome. And after 24 years, I finally got to see the series finale to Perfect Strangers. I saw that today. You <laughs> seemed very happy. That was That's like my biggest childhood regret. My family went on vacation to the Wisconsin Dells and uh, my mom's friend came along with us and she just says, let's go see the Tommy Bartlett show. And I'm like, I'm staying here in the hotel room because I have to watch the Perfect Strangers finale. Yeah, there you go. And they make me go and the Tommy Bartlett show is sold out. So I don't even get to see the Tommy Bartlett show, whatever the hell that actually is. Yeah. <laughs> so you and automatically we, hate Tommy Bartlett. Exactly, for the rest I refuse to go see that show to this day. <laughs> Apologies to Tommy Bartlett and his family. <laughs> <laughs> and we get back to our hotel room, and it's literally the curtain call when the credits are rolling. Aww. And I was pissed that entire vacation. <laughs> Really, thanks, mom. I regret everything. <laughs> the eight-year-old me just finally had some. Finally, was able to let go. So yeah, thank you, Hulu, for that. And uh, kind of going back to our main topics now. Yes. Getting back on track from our tangents. <laughs> Michelle Williams was announced to be cast alongside Tom Hardy for Sony's Venom movie, which is due out October fifth, two thousand eighteen. Now, there's two things going on here. One, we're going back on the theme of very short turnaround on this. This movie essentially needs to be done at the time we're recording this in about 53 weeks. That's when it's releasing, in 53 weeks. Oh, my God. So that means they, they're they still doing pre-production, getting like Tom Hardy fitted for his Venom costume, mm-hmm. doing getting like the, the pre-viz stuff going for the Venom stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to get the rest of the cast going. They have to get sets built. I assume they have some 
awful form of a script that they've already greenlit because it's this is being produced by sony this is not this is not like spider-man homecoming where marvel had all of the the production stuff going and sony just got the distribution and profits sure. this is 100 percent sony so we're getting spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 2 people on this see okay i i i'm a grump i'm cynical <laughs> but oh god I still want this to be good. I do. I like the idea of Tom Hardy playing Venom. I think that's a pretty. I like. I personally like that casting. I I, I won't knock it. But, it's it's a fine choice. It's just but one. It's, it's Sony. <laughs> yeah, it's Sony. It's not connected to the Spider-Man Homecoming universe. It's a Venom standalone movie with no Spider-Man. I don't know how you get Venom without Spider-Man. Are they? Have they said anything regarding just? They're just doing Venom, or have they went into it? Because maybe an Agent Venom, uh, like that. They haven't confirmed cool, anything. They've just said Venom. The, but so to be fair, um, they could go an, an Agent Venom yeah, route an Agent with Venom it. Venom with, um, oh God, uh, Flash Thompson. Mm-hmm. That would be cool because that I can see being on its own. Maybe Spider-Man in the background is going soft, But like, if you're doing an Eddie Brock Venom, then yeah, no, no way in hell is that going to work whatsoever without peter in the mix mm-hmm. at all. and I've, I've heard that this is all completely speculative i've heard that they're doing they're aiming for an r rating with this as well because i i believe they want to bring in carnage i mean he's a mass murderer so obviously you need to be a little visceral with it well with a name like carnage you gotta have like people spewing out rainbows and and, and candy right like pinatas <laughs> and you get all the pissed off parents yep. I, I brought my kid to see a superhero movie yeah oh god that all over again <laughs> And then uh, uh, Sony again with the quick turnaround. They also have a Spider-Man animated movie coming out featuring Miles Morales. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Miles Morales. I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. Again, I'm just scared we're getting an emoji movie kind of thing where it's just we're yeah. trying to make a quick buck because they announced this around the same time that the Spider-Man Homecoming deal happened. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've had a little bit of time to work on it, but for an animated movie, about two two and a half years is still a really quick turnaround. Yeah. Now, uh, Sony were they the ones who did Hotel Transylvania? I'm pr- I think. Oh, I couldn't Sony, tell you that one. I'm pretty sure Sony did because Sony and Adam Sandler are pretty much like butt buddies at this point. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, now everybody I've ever talked to, they loved that movie. They thought it was hilarious. They uh, they thought the animation was super smooth. I didn't like anything about it, uh, even down to the animation. And this is kind of like a weird tangent, but it, it makes me think of, you know, Spider-Man um, in the sense that I just really hope that it's not the same, like, I guess, animating team or studio. Because, and, and again, I'm in a minority from this. Everybody I've talked to loves it, and they thought the movie was hilarious. But I think as far as um, an animated Spider-Man film, what gets me nervous is just I couldn't stand Sony's animation team. I don't like the art design. All the characters always look just kind of ugly to me. Pixar, you can tell Pixar. Even DreamWorks, for that matter, you can tell DreamWorks. They all have that specific art style. To me, Sony, everything I ever see from Sony animated just looks ugly. I don't like their art style. So I hope at least, again, if they do Spider-Man, they can at least kind of play around with it, maybe do... I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to see it animated in almost a Borderlands um, or... The comic uh, cell shading. Yeah, Telltale kind of 
way with the heavy shading and everything. But that, that would be a really cool feature, but that seems yeah. a bit too creative for Sony. And the true, it, that's, and it requires you were right. effort. <laughs> you were right. They, those movies were distributed by Sony and made by Sony Animation. Okay, yeah. See, and kudos to you, Sony Animation. Some people like you. I don't. Um, I don't, you, don't you don't float my boat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania came out almost exactly five years to the day. Oh, really? Well, huh. How ironic of me to bring that up. I hate you. Happy fifth anniversary. They also now have a, a show on Disney Disney Junior, I think. Really? Or Disney Channel. Yeah, my daughter, uh, we pretty much have Disney Junior on all the time, and we see advertisements <laughs> for it. And I just think, Disney got this? Yeah. Really? Huh. And now they've also got their own little vampire girl coming out to uh, this October. So if you got small kids that are stuck on Disney, have fun watching that with me as well. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Sticking with some shady, not necessarily shady, but like, I I don't even know, like skepticism movie news. Mm -hmm. Uh, DC and uh, the DCEU Warner Brothers, they have announced that they are going to continue to make standalone movies that are not necessarily connected to the DCEU. The way they're phrasing this is really weird. It's kind of like what Matt Reeves said when they were talking about how the Batman is going to be a standalone. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be connected to the DCEU. And people just assumed that it meant they're going to get a new actor. They're going to get a new Mm -hmm. cast. It's it's not going to be connected by any means. Matt Reeves came back and said, oh, no, Ben Affleck is my Batman. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to have those little threads that connect to the Justice League in any like bigger picture. It's going to be its own self-contained story, which is what... I hope is the case for these standalone movies. I was going to say, I, I was thinking about it more and more today before hopping on talking to all you lovely folks. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I have some positivity for it because my biggest problem with the DC Cinematic Universe is I want to love these movies so much. I do. I want to be so immersed and I want all that. My biggest problem with them is Marvel had almost a 10-year head start, and DC is trying to catch up and be at the same part of, of like, the timeline as Marvel's at. Marvel's in, what, phase three they're, going on four? They're moving into phase four so the, in 2019. Okay. They're doing so, Avengers 4, and then phase four starts that July with Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Okay, okay. So yeah, so there there's several phases in on top of just you know like Agents of Shield and the Jessica Jones and and um, uh, Daredevil, uh, like Iron Daredevil, Fist, Iron the Defenders, Fist, all those kind of it, more like Easter egg tying in, but still mm-hmm. tying in in some way. They've had ten plus years now to build on this. DC's jumping in and they're jumping in fast and hitting the ground running, jumping out of a jet airplane with no parachute <laughs> kind of thing. It's super hit or miss for me. You can tell things feel rushed. You can tell. To me, the biggest standpoint of that was Suicide Squad. It's fine for anybody who liked it. I I see the good points in it as far as, like, the characters were pretty well portrayed for the most part, hit or miss, but I I hated that movie. That was one of the first movies I literally almost walked out of the theater. I hated it so much because it was just a mess. I would love to see what that movie could have been if they had actually taken time to develop it and didn't, you know, stick their fingers in the pie and just let the creators create. So for the fact of like standalone movies, if they're just their own self-contained thing and they don't have to tie in, they don't have to have that meddling and it's just creative control goes to the creative team. Hey, that's awesome. I would love to see DC characters get their own little 
movies that don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> to, to that's put it bluntly. That's the important thing, or at least movies that don't disappoint mm-hmm. would be maybe a little bit more apt. Batman v Superman was a big disappointment, mostly because Zack Snyder wanted to do a Batman movie, but DC and Warner Brothers said you're doing a Superman sequel. And he compromised by saying, I'm doing two thirds of a Batman movie and one third of a Superman movie. Mm -hmm. And we're going to throw in a bunch of Justice League teasers because we're going to call it Dawn of Justice. I talked about this recently with Alex. I nothing. Suicide Squad. That movie could not exist and I won't care. It's fine. Like I loved Margot Robbie as Harleen Quinzel Mm -hmm. when they were doing the Mad Love stuff outside of, you know, Jared Leto's grill and the tattoos. (laughs) Damn it. Nuance. Yeah. Like outside of the visual of Jared Leto's Joker, I thought the Mad Love stuff, even though it was rushed, was done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they made her Harley and she got the tattoos and the fishnets and she looked like some kind of hoe bag. And it just, it didn't work for me. The main thing for me about like women superheroes in these movies is you don't have to sex them up. Like they're already pretty much very attractive women. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put her in Daisy Dukes and fishnets and a tank top that gets ripped and show off her bra. Like, okay, fine. Ah, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get on the big screen. <laughs> no, well, I think what it comes down to is just most of 99.9999% of female superheroes already are just sexy on the comic book itself, you know, like on, mm-hmm. on the pages and then you cast these beautiful women like you could put them in the most ridiculous looking spandex and my god they'd be beautiful and just fan service for days they and harley harley was always more of a um with someone like poison ivy it makes sense poison ivy is very sexualized that's her thing she seduces people men and women to you know get what she needs and and take over the world with plants and shit but harley to me what made her sexy was her playfulness and her cuteness. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, like, you know, cute girls can be sexy too and lingerie or whatever. They don't have to be wearing frou-frou frills and everything. But she was more sexy in the fact that she was adorable and cute and eventually grew that confidence that, you know, she at least has in the comics now where she don't need no Joker, you know, yeah. uh, psychologically abusing her and Yeah, stuff exactly. And trying to kill her and everything. They kind of just took her and went like, oh yeah, we'll make her kind of like a playboy, you know, kind of thing where she's taunting and teasing and and all that. And mm-hmm. It's it's fine, but they overdid it a little bit. Yeah, and again, I there are some things that I can forgive, but among other things like the face tattoos mm-hmm. and the the tattoo and her lower abdomen area, abdominal area that says "lucky you," <laughs> like no, Try. edgy. Yeah, I th- that that sort of stuff just just rubbed me the wrong way and i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that rub them the right way well hey that's that's and that's that's what dc was going for i'm sure uh but these these standalone movies again they have a quote here our intention certainly moving forward is using the continuity to help make sure nothing is diverging in a way that doesn't make sense which right there we already have issues yeah uh but there's no insistence upon an overall storyline or interconnectivity in that universe uh, this is from Diane Nelson, DC Entertainment president. And that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think part of what, of a, what Age of Ultron suffered from was trying to extend too many threads. What the Avengers movies need to be is the event that 
was building up from the other movies. It finalizes it. Yeah. It, it and has that's, to be that end chapter and then like a prologue maybe, but yeah. And you can leave it open-ended in the end, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. but they, they just, they just diverted too much. Like instead Mm -hmm. of spending time with Ultron finding out why he's so menacing and why his plan is so unstoppable, we get five minutes of pre-civil war, Tony and cap banter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, they got to fight somehow and they got to start fighting now. Right. That's what the kids want. (laughs) They want to see the superheroes punching each other. Yeah, they punch for a bit and then they become friends. Yeah, well, you know, just like real friends, right? <laughs> Every friendship I've not in, ever had. Not in today's society. <laughs> Every friendship I've ever had has always been like that. Come on, kids. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like just I think Aquaman comes out next summer. And I'm excited for Aquaman. If, again, if it's a standalone movie where they're not trying too hard to allude to the extended universe, like mm-hmm. as much as I'm sure some people will hate me referencing this, in Batman Forever, there's a really subtle reference when dick grayson is getting ready to just leave bruce after being dropped off by the cops there he's like bruce just asks dick are you gonna run off to the circus again i'm sure they're halfway to metropolis by now Mm -hmm. and you know it if you're not really paying attention it oh he might as well just said cincinnati yeah but again he said metropolis and you know that automatically builds this bigger world it it makes you feel like you're you're Exactly. It makes you feel like you're in the world. I like little things like that. And it never feels... It, well, as long as it doesn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. But something like that, just like a one-off, like, hey, dude. You know, yeah. Metropolis. And hey. again, they, they did that really well in Wonder Woman where someone from, from Wayne Enterprises drops off a photograph for mm-hmm. Diana. Okay, that's great. And then there's no other mention of the, the bigger universe out there. And yeah. that's fine because, again, we've already been introduced to that world through mm-hmm. Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. So we, we know that that universe exists and that universe is out there. Exactly, exactly. So I guess time will tell. We'll see. Okay, so moving on to our main topic here. The the idea is we're individually, not together, just to <laughs> get that out of the way. I have my half of the island. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we are stranded on an island, and just for the sake of this this discussion, there's a genie that pops out. And he says, I'll give you one wish, and that one wish can't be to leave this island. And so we're both going to say, oh, well, then I want entertainment. I want a video game system that plays these five games. Oh, and this you, is the you had, thing to narrow down. Five. You oh had an God. intriguing question of, does this, get Wi-Fi, does this island get Wi-Fi? Yeah. <laughs> Just because I'm super curious as to what your answer would be. I'm going to give you six so you can tell me what your Wi-Fi Only answer would Wi-Fi be. Only one Wi-Fi game, right? Yes. So it's nothing too exciting. My, I was telling them it's going to be my honorable mention if there's no Wi-Fi for the internet. Overwatch. That has been my biggest... I'm not an online gamer, so no Wi-Fi would be really easy for me. I like single-player stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my God, the amount of time I have wasted of my life in Overwatch is astounding. Um, and I mean, if I'm stuck with only five games for the rest of eternity until I dry up on an island, I might as well have one that's kind of just endless and every match is different. Yeah. Um, and there's cute characters there, and I love it. <laughs> Roadhog for life. When, when I went to, this, I, I, I haven't played Overwatch yet. Um, I just haven't had the time. When I went to C2E2, I saw probably seven or eight different cosplayers as uh, the woman who has the bunny emblem. Uh, Diva. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, actually, one of my best friends, they, they went to C2E2 this year. On the one day, I didn't go, go figure. But they did a big casual Overwatch group. It was really mm. great. She was like in a sports jacket and everything. It was, it was awesome. I'm super jelly. But yeah, that would be my, that's like my number six slash honorable mention. See, I, I, I technically would have an honorable mention, but I'm still trying to figure out what side of the coin is going to land. Because <laughs> I have one where I, had, I just have a slash and I'm, I'm going to say my honorable mention would be Turtles in Time. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. That's a good one. It's a classic. It gets challenging, and even playing by yourself, I think that you can interweave it with different things. It's not just this one thing that you're stuck playing. So yeah, I think for sure. It, it offers a, a good enough variety of different things. You have the surfing levels. You have the standard beat-em-ups. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that's actually going to be my, my honorable mention, just because, again, it, it offers a really good variety. But I don't think it offers enough to be on my top five. Right, right. It's kind of, I had two other technical honorable mentions, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, I love these games, but I don't know if I could hold up playing them again and again and again for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like American McGee's Alice, Alice, mm-hmm. you know, Manus Returns, like those, those mm-hmm. two. I love those games. Even though Manus Returns was a bit of a disappointment and letdown, I still love it. They basically um, just turned it into God of War. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that just because uh, uh, I'm a simple, like, I have a simple mind. I like hack and slash. And it's, I call them popcorn games. Because even though, like, some, you know, uh, like Devil May Cry, you need some finesse. Even God of War, to some extent, you need oh, yeah. some finesse Especially to hit those the, combos. The early ones, yeah. Oh, I think God of War God. 3 kind of dumbed a lot of that down. Definitely. That's... Uh, that's one's one of my favorites just because of that, but two is definitely... Well, I, I won't get into it just yet, but yeah, it's... It's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woohoo. Okay. <laughs> so my my first game that I'm going to go with is Tetris. Yeah, that's... I, why didn't I think it's of something so simple? It's so simple and so great because this would probably be my game if it was only one game. Just because, again, as long as I have marathon mode... It's con- constantly fun. Like, you'll get pissed off and be in like five minutes. So, you're like, let's go again. Ah, oh, dang. Now no I feel story. Like you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> no story, nothing. It's just competition against yourself trying mm-hmm. to beat your score. And then, obviously, if you get one of the newer versions, you get different styles of play where you get the. Uh, they have the Puyo Puyo now, mm-hmm. um, like on Switch and stuff. And, oh, that's so much fun. Yeah, and I, the. The 3DS had a, a 3D like cylinder Tetris. Yeah, which is I, really cool. I never checked that one out. Um, I always wanted to look into that one because I heard, I heard it was challenging. Like it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, man, you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, ah, and um, these are in no particular order, by the way. This, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I was going that, to ask. Tetris is my number one. Like if I again, it, if I had to choose one, it would probably be this, just because again, I would. I would continually go back because I'm like, got to beat my score. I got to yeah. do better. Uh, I'm that's I'm addicted to it's it's a phone game called Ten Ten. Um, it's kind of like Tetris, but it's a ten by ten grid. Okay. And you don't rotate the you have the shape you get is what you have to deal with. Hmm. If you don't have space, it's game over. And there's no winning, but my God, every time I quote lose, I'm like, okay, again, I gotta I gotta beat my score. So I, I totally understand that. Um, if it's no particular order. Um, if I have to go with a number five slot as far as just an absolutely replayable game, Binding of Isaac, specifically uh, Afterbirth Plus. You're going way too intellectual for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have never even heard of this game. It was originally on Steam. 
Um, it's pretty much on almost all systems now. The Switch just got, um, it's called Afterbirth Plus. It's essentially kind of a, the most complete version out there, at least on systems. That sounds a little disgusting. It's disgusting. I love it. <laughs> it's a roguelike uh, dungeon crawler. So think, take like Legend of Zelda, the mm-hmm. original, the first one. So you got like a top-down perspective. What is it? Like Parodius type shooter? So like you get, you get, um, or what's, what's another one? When you're talking shooters with Gradius, me. is that another one? It's like, where like you're a spaceship and you get little like power-ups. Think Contra. Okay. There, we're going to okay. go even Yeah, there we go. Contra. Oh, Contra would have been a good one from um, the list. Uh, haha. <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially Legend of Zelda dungeon crawler with Contra-esque power-up system. So you can power down all your the powers stack in some way. Hmm. You shoot your tears. Um, but you're, you're a little boy and your mom's trying to kill you. Oh and God. you are descending further and further into, into the basement until you eventually reach, like, basically hell? The, the, one of the final bosses is called Mega Satan. And he's super awesome and really difficult. <laughs> but I love the game because it's literally endless. You can get... Any and all combinations. There's different characters that have some perks and some downsides. Like some characters can fly, but they technically have no hearts. So you cannot refill your hearts. And once hmm. they're gone, they're gone for good unless you get certain power-ups. Every day is a challenge mode. It's a new challenge. They have just a random 30 to 50 challenges in the thing. And they're super freaking hard. I have easily sunk... Oh, God, like 300 plus hours into that game. Originally, when I got it on my Vita, and now that I have it on my Switch, I just, I, I, st- I literally stopped playing Breath of the Wild to pick up Binding of Isaac again. I love that game. It's disgusting. <laughs> You're shooting your tears at poop, and there's like enemies everywhere, and like one of the levels is literally your mom's uterus. Oh, Jesus. It's great. I love this game. I love this game so much. Oh, if you got like, if you can handle gross humor and just grossness in general, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Where would you put it on a scale of like Catherine? Did you ever play Catherine? Oh God, a long time ago. I'm trying to remember. Uh, like as far as Catherine's like just weird. It, I know it's not necessarily gross, okay, but it's so weird. It's definitely it's it's an American-made game, so it's weird like that rather than the Japanese weird. If that kind of makes that, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, because, like, weird for anime is a whole other category than weird for America. It's it's honestly not that weird. It's a, it's actually, um, I believe the guy who created it used to be a Newgrounds creator. Hmm. So weird in the sense of Newgrounds, if you ever remember, like, kind of going on that or albino black sheet back in yeah. the day. Like, okay. You know? So it's it's gross, but it's not the... It, I, it's and not what's the this one called again? Binding of Isaac. Binding of um, Isaac. The Afterbirth Plus edition. <laughs> but Binding of Isaac is the, the standard game, so... Well, the, the the title definitely makes more sense after telling me yeah. about some of the levels. <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's nasty. I love it. <laughs> I'm looking at my list. I'm just trying to think what would be a good one to reveal here. Uh, <laughs> I know. I did, I'm, I'm like marking them off. Now. I did Tetris. So I'm going to stick with the puzzle genre and I'm going to go Portal 2. Oh, why didn't I? Okay, I'm crossing <laughs> off one of my games and I'm putting Portal on there. We can't right. have the same games. Fuck. Dude, why didn't I think of that? I have a fucking Portal shrine at my house. Uh, I and love I didn't it. even think of Portal. What the hell? I love it. Oh. Portal came to me uh, probably last night. I was just sitting there thinking, my list is okay. What What would I play? I had Mass Effect 2 on my list for a good while. Mm-hmm. And then I was just thinking... What else did I play in that time frame? Because basically I was I was poor as dirt and I basically had Mass Effect 2 and Portal 2. 
And I I played a, the crap out of Mass Effect 2, but I love Portal 2 so much more. I'm like the, legitimately mad at you that I can't <laughs> steal that answer. I'm so mad. The dialogue, the puzzles, like, again, if you're flipping around in these games, you're going to forget one. Plus, again, you have the... Well, we don't have... That would have been a good Wi-Fi one for me because then, then we could have played together. Yeah! Across the Wi-Fi. I could have shouted across the ocean <laughs> to your other island and be like, hey, dude, let's play. <laughs> Uh, oh. But it, it's so good. Uh, GLaDOS is a potato. Uh, Wheatley, just everything Wheatley does. Dude. There, there's so many great things. Like when you're at the, the ver- towards the very end of the game and Wheatley has you surrounded by these spiked non-portal barriers and you just see this one drip, this one pipe dripping uh, the moon fluid yes. so you can get one portal. Uh, you have to shoot it before he crushes you with all the panels. The idea is you're supposed to keep running. But if you go back... When oh, Wheatley's yes. calling, hey, no, no, come back, come Dude, back. No, no, just jump, please. <laughs> He's like, oh, you, you, came, you came back. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, uh, how about you just jump in the pit? <laughs> just yeah. go on, just and jump you in. Do, you get, I love, okay, when the, I did that the achievements I got a whole achievement, part. I was like, yes, it's awesome. The achievements are the best part of that game. That's easily, um, and, now, and again, people can argue with me on this, but that is still the game. I have beaten it. More times than I can count. Easily over 15, 20 times. Like, I fucking love that game. Every time, every line of dialogue still cracks me up. The very The very beginning when Wheatley, uh, you may have suffered serious brain damage. (laughs) Can you say apple? Go ahead and say apple. Okay, you're jumping. You're jumping. That's fine. Okay. It's just, it's so great. And then GLaDOS just being such a snarky bitch oh I, I love her so much she's one of my i like i said i have a portal shrine at home i i made a glados plush by hand <laughs> and i have it hanging and i have my wheatley and all that legitimately too like that game at the end when spoilers for a whatever year old game almost like, 10 year old game yeah, at this point okay but spoilers at the end when uh wheatley's floating around in space at the space corp oh the space orb and, and I, okay, for one, I love the space core because he's like, okay, I'm getting kind of bored of space. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's not nope. as great as I thought. <laughs> but like Wheatley's like, you know, if I could change it, I'd say I'm sorry to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know I was wrong. I cried. I was like, Wheatley, you've been going miss you. Can I jump into space and get you, man? <laughs> yeah, if you can find it, the dialogue for the space orb is amazing. Because again, mm-hmm. he, he does get bored with space and then he just gets jazzed up for it all over again yeah it's great dude all the orbs like uh, the, rick the adventure orb yep <laughs> it, is he the one that uh oh mighty fine lady there yeah yeah like, hey little lady looks <laughs> like you might need some saving oh look out for that da- look out look out for that wall there oh that was close <laughs> I, they got you back man <laughs> so many and then you have the one no is that is the one that's telling you how to make the cake is that Portal 1 or Portal 2? Oh, God. Um, that's Portal 1. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's just called like the uh, ingredients orb. Or mm-hmm. The curiosity remember. orb is probably my favorite out of yeah. the, the six that you get introduced to. Seven, if you include Wheatley. The curiosity orb is just, what's that? Hey, look at that. What's that on your legs? Um, I liked the one. I can't remember. It was just the one that spewed facts, but all the facts were incorrect. <laughs> They're like, in 1942, That's... Christopher Columbus met aliens and said, yo, what's up? <laughs> like, it just spews all the fake facts. I remember uh, after the first time I beat that game, I just went online and just looked up all mm-hmm. of the dialogue from all the spheres. And God, it just... 
there's stuff I catch every time I play that game. Mm-hmm. Details or just jokes that I never heard in the first place. I love it. And then, and then, um, oh, what's his name? Um, the Rat Man? No, 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 no. From uh, Portal 2, uh, uh, the guy who created Oh, Cave Johnson. Cave Johnson. J.K. Simmons. Fucking love him. My biggest regret in life is not buying the Cave Johnson talking portrait off of ThinkGeek years ago. And then it went out and it never went back up. Mm. And I was like, oh, I would have sold like my firstborn child to get that back now. (laughs) Thank God I have no children because... uh... (laughs) Hey, the resellers might get you for that one too. Yeah, yeah. So, CPS might be after me after that comment. So. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say on Portal is that J.J. Abrams better not fuck up the movie. <laughs> Please. He's okay with sci-fi. He, I, I mean, Star Trek friends might disagree with me, but I mean, he's okay with it. Maybe. We'll see. We'll let you go on to your second. All right. Um, Non-honorable mention. Yes. Number four of my five, counting down. Um, I kind of started going off on it earlier. Um, but I held back uh, God of War. If I can't cheat and do the collection, so it's like God of War 1, 2, 3, and the two Vita game or uh, PSP games. I'll allow the collection because I believe you get two games on one disc in the third one. So I'll, I'll allow the collection. Okay, cool. Collection it is. Because otherwise it was going to be really hard to choose between two and three. Three is the worst of the one, two, and three. But I will it's so admit. pretty. But it's gorgeous. And honestly... Um, I've, I've always been a huge Greek mythology buff. My best friend and I, like, we studied that shit in high school. Like, if there could be just a degree to go and study Greek mythology, I'd be there. Mm-hmm. That mattered, I should say. I'm sure I could do that <laughs> at any, like, college nowadays, but it probably wouldn't matter to much. I'd still be flipping burgers at McDonald's. <laughs> it was the most satisfying thing, just seeing all the gods and just taking them out. Story-wise, though, uh, two to me the a level of detail they hit as far as being a huge greek mythology buff was two just is the fantastic. one with pandora's box no the first one was pandora's box and you go on to um oh god what's his name atlas's back i think i can't think of the the titan yeah, you yeah. go on to the titan's back and you're yeah, it's a whole it's puzzle atlas, yeah. um two is with the three sisters of fate uh, you essentially, you die, you, you become God of War, mm-hmm. and Athena's like, dude, you gotta like knock it off, stop being a little bitch. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so upset about my wife. <laughs> and Zeus essentially kind of comes down and he stabs him with the sword. So you start off basically coming out of Hades, and you're just trying to get your revenge against Zeus. Because, <laughs> hey, here you go, because what else is on Kratos' mind but killing? But essentially, the only way to come back to life is you have to go to the Three Sisters of Fate. They're the ones who cut the thread. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ever saw the Hercules Disney movie, even. It's one of my favorites. Um, I don't care what people say. Ditto. Like, again, it botches everything in Greek Greek mythology. But I love it. I do. Essentially, you have to take out those Three Sisters and kind of, like, redo your thread and Mm -hmm. make sure Destiny doesn't end up killing you. Essentially, he's going back in time to the moment right before Zeus stabs him and getting out of that pickle. I think I just got too frustrated with the balancing portions to remember this part. Oh, fucking, I hate it. <laughs> Kratos was not built to be a platformer. No. Or be in a platformer. He is too bulky. He's too heavy. They had to show off the, uh, but, whatever that, I forget what it was called, where you, like, you could balance the... Oh, the six axes. Yeah, the, they, had to, oh. they had to show that off. Oh, Jesus. I, I, have no, I have no good thing to say about six axes, especially after playing Heavenly Sword. That shit pissed me off so much. And I kept like losing, and then finally my boyfriend's like, "You know, you can you can just use the, you know, C stick." I'm like, "Fucking seriously? 
they're telling you like, oh, wiggle the flip the remote in the air and do a backflip, and I can't do anything. And then they're like, oh, you can just turn that off. <clears throat> Whatever. The six axis in uh, heavy rain pissed me off too. Oh god. That's a, that's a different subject for a different yeah. time. Oh yeah, that'll be the next podcast. Is why we hate the six axis. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just the the level of detail in the God of War series. I love all the hidden collectibles. Still to this day, I haven't found them all, and I'm a big collectathon person. Hmm. I love collectathons. To be fair, I'm also kind of a lazy shit. But <laughs> um, that's why we play video yeah. games, right? So sweet. I'm glad I could cheat because definitely the collection. Because it would be really hard for me to choose between two and three. Um, yeah, I'll allow the collection. Sweet. I think that's the only allowance I get as far as cheating goes. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take my one cheat. I just and and again, I, like I mentioned earlier, I love hack and slash. It's mindless, but God of War specifically, it's it's enough where you can finesse it. And there are some bosses that are super oh, yeah. difficult. I still have so much difficulty beating Ares in the first game. Mm. God damn, <laughs> <laughs> he's an asshole. <laughs> What's the point of the game? <laughs> <laughs> True. I guess it wouldn't be the same if he's like, Ares, I want to take you down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, sweet. Or pull a fable too, where you just like get a really long dialogue and then you just... Mm, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about <laughs> Fable that. 2 was so good until that point. I know. I know. There's so much good stuff in that game. Uh, Damn you, Peter, Bolly- Peter Molyneux. Molyneux. Mm. Okay, so my number three game. Uh, I'm going with the old... Uh, sitcom adage where you start strong you kind of go in the middle where you're not as sure on these things and then you end strong (laughs) this one i I feel is probably my weakest entry but i love it i just have so much nostalgia for this game and i i will never get tired of this game it is the original super mario kart yay there you go i i despise mario kart 64 just because it's not uh super mario kart they went (laughs) they just just, they went too far i was like this is not the game i know and I mean, I've gotten better with as they've gone along. I, I never even... I think I played Double Dash once at a friend's house. Oh, and- see, now, I love Double, da- Double Dash so much. Uh, but to be fair, I have, like... It's kind of a nostalgic thing. I remember being in, uh, like, early high school, mm-hmm. um, and my friend had that. And every day after school, we'd just walk to her house, and we'd play the hell out of that until my parents picked me up. I, I love that game. Yeah, I, I just... In high school, I was in the uh, AV club, nerd alert. And, uh, <laughs> nerd bird. <laughs> the, the teacher who was our advisor was like a college uh, Super Mario Kart champion. So he brought oh, in his wow. personal N60 or uh, SNES mm-hmm. and he brought in Mario Kart. Like, this is the only game that ever stays in this system. Nice. This is the only game we will ever play. And we would have <laughs> monthly tournaments. He would just school us. He, nice. Literally. And yeah. <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> and uh, he, he, we would go through our bracket and then the winner of the bracket would play him until we finally got a chance to beat him. I don't think anyone actually ever beat him, but I just remember I stayed after school probably like an hour a day once I was able to drive and I would just play Mario Kart with him. Oh, he was, awesome. he was so good that he actually would turn around and just nowhere to go based on timing he would Jesus. he's what what course are we in donut hills one or donut plains one okay go and he would just go like he he wouldn't necessarily get first mm-hmm. but he would finish oh wow because he just the knew the timing Jesus. and 
I just love that game. There's there's no cheat codes in that game. The mm-hmm. only cheat code in that game is to make your character smaller and make the game more difficult. And I, I just love that game because, again, it, it has that Tetris kind of feel to me. Time trials. Like, yeah. Can I do it? Can I do better? Well, not, do better? not necessarily time trials, but, like, again, in, in just the regular uh, circuit races, mm-hmm. my personal best on the very first uh, Mario circuit, I think, it was, like, 47 seconds. Nice. Yeah, I, and that's all because of Mr. Asbury. <laughs> I, I downloaded it to my Wii probably like a year or two ago mm-hmm. once they opened up the virtual console. And I just, I need to find a way to get my hands on a smaller controller because the, the big Wii tablet is not conducive to playing Mario, the I, original SNES Mario Kart. It's, it's on the SNES Classic. Yeah, and no, not for eight. I, I looked through the games list and if, <laughs> if they had the full Donkey Kong trilogy... I think it might be worth yeah, it for me, but that, that's my my thing. Um, now, dude, uh, I got my hands on one. Um, Lucky you! It's beautiful. It's so tiny, and I have tiny hands, and it's small <laughs> in my hands, and I love it. But the controllers are legit; like they're an actual size. They're legit mm-hmm. SNES controllers, and I I waited at midnight last night at like a Walmart, and I got it. And we got home, and I opened it up, and I was just like, oh my god, this feels right. This just feels right. It's my, awesome. My old roommates and I, uh, we we had a an SNES, and we would play like Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. and uh, we would do Mario Kart. You're middle-of-the-road game. Okay. I ho- hold this game on a very high pedestal. This is one of my absolute favorites. But I think I'm going to pick it for my middle-of-the-road. Bioshock 1. Ooh. The original Bioshock. Mm, yes. Um, I can 100%. That's like a great noir that you could watch anytime. <sighs> It's, I just, everything about that game, man. I, I grew up, not, I don't want to say sheltered, but my my parents were a bit more conservative and stuff. So no M-rated games in the house. Our first M-rated game was Halo 1 because, and I quote, the blood was blue. That was the only reason, alien blood. Was Halo 1? I thought that was teen. No, no. It actually wasn't until Halo 5 that they actually started rating them T for teen. Huh. Um, which it's like Oh, yeah, because time. the multiplayer. The multiplayer had blood. Yeah, yep. There was some blood, but it really... Um, one of the biggest reasons was because of um, realistic depiction of weapons. Mm. The guns were realistic, so they had to rate it M. Mm. Um, but... Uh, so I was always really behind. I never got to play some of those classics. Even now to this day, I'm just super behind. When Bioshock 1 came out, that was right about when I graduated high school. So that was the first one that I really just kind of bought on my own. And I played it, and I had never been more terrified and intrigued. It was the most amazing thing. Uh, again, I, I'm a collectathon person. I can 100% that game every single time I pick it up. I will delete my save files immediately after playing it just to start up again. Nice. Um, I love I love turning off all the Vita chambers, Vita chambers, however you say it, and then just going in with a wrench and on like the hardest difficulty and be like, okay, big daddy, I'm ready. I'll take you on. I, I can play that game endlessly down to the just, especially the first one to me had just wonderful voice acting. Mm-hmm. All of those audio diaries, God. I still get chills on some of them. They're the, so incredibly scary or sad, and you feel the pain of the people of Rapture. It's kind of like the the voice acting is on par with Portal, but it's kind of like the anti-Portal. It sucks you into the world in a completely terrifying way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, the sound cue, everything, the sound cues, the music cues of just when something bad or sad happens and you just hear that violin oh like every time i just get the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and i love it uh one of my favorite video game characters of all time 
is Tenenbaum. And, and other ones are GLaDOS, actually. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love Tenenbaum. She was just... That was my biggest disappointment with two is that in all the marketing and previews, they were pushing her. She was supposed to be, like, your guide. She was your Atlas in two. And then the game came out, and, like, chapter two starts, and she's like, oh, well, shit, guess I better get going. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, where are you going? Sinclair was okay, but... <laughs> Where are you, my girl? <laughs> Not only that, but if I'm stranded on a desert island, I'll just throw on that game and listen to all the music. Mm. I grew up listening to a lot of that music um, from like the 1930s and 40s and the 50s and stuff. My, my dad always had a lot of like cassette tapes and stuff with a lot of older stuff on it. Yeah. So a lot of that music I grew up listening to. So I could just gladly listen to all the jams in, in the jukebox. Mm-hmm. Um, hiding from splicers <laughs> and just endlessly with uh, great. God, those splicers. Oh. I remember I, I, I played the demo of the original Bioshock mm-hmm. at like 1 a.m. <laughs> and when that first splicer shows up, I was just terrified. I was like, nope, can't do this before bed. Um, Two parts still. Okay, this doesn't get me anymore, but whenever my friends have never played the game, my favorite thing to do, and anybody who's played this, the dentist. Oh, I one time I got sucker punched by a, an old friend. We were at a sleepover and we got to that part. We're like, oh, dude, I think there's something over there. So she goes over and the smoke comes up and she's like all paranoid. We're like, you're fine, you're fine. She turns around, scream bloody murder, just starts whacking the guy with the, and just doesn't stop. And I'm cracking up. She just sucker punched me right. She's like, you bitch, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, oh, it hurts so bad, but oh, it was worth it. But um, every time, every time I'm in Fort Frolic and you go into that hidden chamber room and you activate the splicers that are covered in wax, <laughs> I still, I still have regrets every time I do that because I'm like, God, this, this makes the game even more terrifying. Just kind of continuing on the Bioshock thread for a second. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, I don't know if you've heard this theory about Bioshock Infinite, where when your character dies... Uh, you restart in I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, uh, but you re, you restart Booker. each one in his op- Booker, yes, yeah. in his office. Mm-hmm. And the idea is because they're dealing with timelines, mm-hmm. is that you're picking up in a new timeline. Like each time you die is the end of that timeline, mm-hmm. and you're you're basically just making it through to the the Booker that makes it through to the end. That's it, and honestly too, I mean, if that's not the truth, then it's. It's the closest thing I have, because the whole game basically starts with you leaving your office, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, yeah. You know, that's your push. You leave the office. So for me, I always view it as as soon as you open up those doors, sure, technically you're at, you know, the point that you last died, but it's another timeline where he had to go through the entirety of the game to get to that point, and he continues forth. So mm-hmm. exactly like you said, it's a whole new timeline, um, because I'm sure you've heard of the butterfly effect. Yep. Um, Butterfly flaps its wings and a thunderstorm happens across the country. Yep, essentially just like a thread continuously breaks off at each point. So it's just an endless, almost like tree, Mm -hmm. like just branches. So you have the timeline and it starts off as Booker and then Booker dies and that timeline splits off into, okay, now here's the world with him dead. But then it splits off to what if he doesn't die? Yep. And then what if he doesn't die? What if he doesn't die? And blah, 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 blah. And it goes off. So Bioshock Infinite, and it's funny because a lot of people who... Like the first game, hated Infinite, and a lot of people who loved Infinite hated the first game. I love both almost equally. Bioshock 1 definitely takes my pick, but I never had a problem with Infinite. Infinite's a lot of fun. I think a lot of what Infinite had going for it is the Songbird, Mm -hmm. where the Songbird was very heavily influenced in the marketing. Yeah. But it, 
you didn't you never yeah it it, it showed up and mm-hmm. it was it was almost always a cutscene. There was never yeah. anything that it never felt like a threat. Yeah, like a big daddy did. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was where people were like, "Oh my god, this thing looks like a big daddy." Yeah, and you and it, really the handymen were more the big daddies, mm-hmm. but there was like nobody cared about handymen. Yeah, they were dumb because they weren't big daddies. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, an old coworker of mine, we were talking about this timeline theory with Booker. And he just said, there should have been an, an achievement called the one and only if you made it through without dying. Oh, that'd be cool. But again, I don't think they had that much foresight. I think they, they were just like, we'll just start him in the office and yeah, we'll let them do this. Since it's never confirmed, it kind of reminds me of the indoctrination theory from Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Which, yeah. and that's still it my head canon. It makes the most sense. Yeah, it's still my head canon. But they've never come out and gone, yeah, 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 okay, you guys are right. Bioshock all the way. I, I that, that is a game. very solid pick. Oh, I love that game. And that, that kind of influences where I'm going to go with my number two pick. Again, these are enough, not necessarily in any particular order. Uh, I'm just, I think I'm saving this last one just because I, I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. So um, number two for me is Halo Reach. Yes. Fucking thank you. <laughs> okay. People have like made fun of me so much. I love Reach. Reach is arguably the best Halo game. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Hands down. I, as far as the combat, I loved the uh, like the uh, combat layouts mm-hmm. so much in that game. That last stand, you know how the story ends because it's a prequel. But that last stand, man, I had a frog in my throat. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god, this is it. No health bar. Your visor just continuously continues to break. Yeah. Uh, that that last sequence is amazing. Starting the game is amazing. Playing through the game is amazing because. One of the my favorite parts of the game is the fact that your character is customized through the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So as you're leveling up, you get new armor pieces, mm-hmm. and that translates into the game. And that yeah. that kind of makes the playing through the campaign again like a new experience because you're like, oh man, this cutscene looks amazing because my character looks like this. Yeah. And then you unlock new stuff and you go through it again. Like, oh my god, this looks even better. I, I yes, thank you, thank you for picking that. When I worked at GameStop, I was constantly people wanted to play Halo. They always like. Shit on Halo Reach. I'm like, have you actually played it? Well, no, but it doesn't have Master Chief. Master Chief is not who, doesn't who, make Halo. Yeah, who cares? Like, play it. And th- my only downside with that is, yeah, the characters are kind of just tokens and stuff. You know, you have your token kind of like bulky guy character. You got your token like funny guy. You got your token lady. In my opinion, Master Chief is kind of a token. He's just token badass. He's just cool. Yeah, he just um, he's, he's the guy that gets shit done. He He's... He's a male Mary Jane. In the games, anyway. Or Mary Sue, that's what it is. Yeah, Mary Sue. Yeah, Mary Sue. A male Mary Sue. And then he has Cortana that does all his dialogue. Yeah. I hate Cortana, by the way. Oh, yeah? Like, (laughs) the fact that she became the MacGuffin at the end of the game kind of irked me, but then she didn't really talk. Mm -hmm. It was just you trying to get her to um, the, what is it, the Forward Unto Dawn is the the big ship? Uh, I think so. At the end of which game? Uh, Reach, which is the oh, ship at the okay. beginning of Halo 1. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about Cortana. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I didn't play 4 at all. Like, I could not get into it. Um, 4 was very slow. Yeah. It, it started very strong in when you're on the ship mm-hmm. that, that you you've see Chief on at the end of Halo 3. Uh-huh. But then once you get onto the Forerunner planet, 
it just stops. Yeah. And the the story the story is enough to kind of keep you going, but the gameplay is just so bland. Mm-hmm. That you're like, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. And where where Reach is just always fun to me. Like you've got this lush green world. Uh, it, it's it's heartbreaking to watch this world d- be destroyed. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know the end. You know how it all goes. But you're watching the process, and there's times you forget. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget that it's not going to end well because you have so much hope and you're seeing these characters like and it's, just it's a, persevere it's a, and, and they're like, people are dying off and they're like, dude, you have to do this. You have to save the planet. You're like, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> I'll do it for you. Maybe I can. And it's a video game. So you're programmed to think I have to be able to win. Yeah. And and it, it you can't. Yeah. And that's the best part of it is mm-hmm. the fact that you you continuously play it and you're like all right i beat that level i beat that level i beat that level mm-hmm. and then you're like oh man but we still lost i am i i love bittersweet endings it's one reason i'm a big game of thrones fan because mm. i like that bittersweet i don't like happy endings i like sad or bittersweet endings because it's it's just more impactful mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I like my my happy endings from time to time don't get me wrong no just something like that where you're in that last that last rush and you're just taking out whoever you can, and you feel your heart twisting. Because mm-hmm. you know, you're like, well, your, your palms are sweating. You're like, I know, as soon as I'm down, that's it. <laughs> like, when's, when, the next one's going to take me out. No, the next one's going to take me yep, out. Yep, it, yep. It, yeah, it's just, it's it, again, it's heartbreaking. Because again, especially going back to your character and just... Again, the last stand. You're mm-hmm. you're literally just trying to take out as many of those bastards as you can. Yep. <laughs> and it, it, you you know in in the bottom of your stomach, like it's it's a fruitless effort. Yeah. But you still are just like, I'm gonna get that one. I'm gonna get that one. I'm gonna get that one. And maybe I can do this. Maybe there's an achievement. Oh, maybe I can. <laughs> maybe there's a hidden cutscene. <laughs> it's like cool. I saved the earth, and then like all of a sudden you just get like atomic bomb done or something like that's how it ends. But at least you killed all the aliens. Yep. <laughs> And then the other thing that I love about Reach is the fact that it had... I'm not a big multiplayer person. Uh-huh. Uh, I was pretty decent at the swap mode mm-hmm. for online. But if again, if this island has no Wi-Fi, at least it has a horde mode. Yeah. At which they, they, they pretty much perfected from Halo ODST. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horde mode was a lot of fun and it, it's challenging, but you can also get through it. It's not damn near impossible like Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, you know, that it, that horde mode pissed me off. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to say about that game in general, but uh, that uh. that that mode like it was it was a chore getting through on easy. I remember on Mass mm-hmm. Effect Three, easy was like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Normal was like, all right, it's a little harder, but yeah, we got through it. Mm-hmm. And then hard was shit. Oh, my brother, my brother's like one of the biggest Halo fans I know. Uh, since the first game. I remember when Halo 5 came out, uh, we hopped online and we were going to play together. And he's like, hey, cool, have you played through the, the you know story yet? I'm like, nah, I haven't touched a campaign. He's like, cool, we're going on Legendary. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, dude. That wasn't... I, I took like maybe four steps forward <laughs> every time and then just game over. Respawn, respawn, respawn. <laughs> and that's one thing I would look forward to as well, being able to play this game by myself, is finally being able to beat uh, a Halo game on Legendary. I don't think I've ever actually mm-hmm. done it by myself. I certainly haven't. I certainly haven't. I got close. Uh, we, we would trudge through on Halo 1 as far as we could get. Uh, my best friend and I, when we were like kids, but I never could do it, man. Mm-hmm. I've never been that talented. <laughs> All right, well, I suppose my number two. Okay, so disclaimer. This is very difficult for me to put this as a number two rather than a number one. I, I stand by this is probably, in my opinion, the best video game ever made for me, for me. 
Like, everything I love in a game, this is it. But it's not my favorite one to play over and over and over again. Super Mario World. Mm, I was I was very tempted to put that one on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know it's a, it's everybody has it on their top 10 best everything, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I stand by that. That was probably my first video game. The nostalgia behind it, I love it. The difficulty, I love it. The secrets, I love it. The music, mm. I love it. The, the art, everything about that game, infinitely replayable. If it goes to show anything before Nintendo, well, Nintendo still doesn't really have a grasp on the whole transfer your account over thing. <laughs> um, but back when the original Wii came out and they had the virtual console, I bought that game three times because I had to buy it for each Wii. I bought it for my Wii U. I bought it for my 3DS. Once it goes up on virtual console for... The Switch, I'm buying it again, <laughs> and I have the the SNES Mini now, and I have it on there. God, I love that game. It's, it's just so good. To me, it's the most perfect platformer. People will fight me, Mario 3, okay, sure, whatever, but no. There's a reason this has the word super <laughs> Mario World in the title. Like, it's on the Super Nintendo, automatically better than the Nintendo, and... It's just more colorful and it's better and I love it. So I'm not listening to you. La 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 la. Purple Yoshi is the best Yoshi. The yes. one that can fly when you have uh, Koopa Troopas in it. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh the, yeah. That, w- once break I, the game. Sure. Once I was able to get to a Star World, like that was my, my path is how do mm-hmm. I get to the Purple Yoshi in the water level in the Star World? Okay, I got him. Now let's go and beat this bitch. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. No, Um. pretty much as soon as every time I played the game, I'd always have to get that first secret ghost house mm-hmm. right above... Um. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the level. No, you're not a real Mario fan. <laughs> um, it's late. Yeah. Um, I'd have to get that ghost house because there's this infinite one-ups and feathers for days. Yep. And then you unlock the star road. Uh, and I remember, God, the first time I beat, um, like this, what is it, eight star worlds, I think, their star levels. That was the biggest accomplishment in my life. And mm-hmm. then the game got weird. Yeah. Like, everything looked funny. And it was like, that was cool. Let's do it again. <laughs> Uh, again, one of those, as soon as I hit that, and I, isn't it something weird? Isn't it like 103% or 113% for a complete? It's really bizarre. It's not 100. It's yeah. a weird number. But as soon as I hit that, just delete and restart. <laughs> I love that. I've listened to so much Weird Al Yankovic playing that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's definitely, it's it's my number two pick because my number one pick is very personal to me. Like this is my favorite game of all time, but Mario World to me is probably the best game ever made to me to me i would say probably portal 2 was probably my favorite game of all time mm-hmm. um but this my number one is number one only because of how goddamn difficult it is it is damn near impossible to beat in one outing you have to i think i made a mistake making this my my number one <laughs> without any extra wishes i'm gonna have to learn a, a better memory just because i'm not gonna be able to get to that point in the game where I died without having to restart. So Uh-oh. zombies ate my neighbor. <gasps> there you go. Oh, dude. <laughs> zombies ate my neighbors. Developed by uh, or Lucas Arts before you know they stopped making good video games. Mm-hmm. Um, playing that game with two players is difficult. Playing that game with one is just being a glutton for punishment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I we rented that game all the time as kids, and we. <laughs> That is one of my all-time favorite games. I have this dream of writing a, which apparently this is already in development, but my, one of my lifetime dreams is to make like the definitive video game movie, which is Zombies Ain't My Neighbor, because there's no narrative to this. There's a crazy scientist who has somehow de- made 
all these classic horror movie monsters come to life and and giant babies as well. It's one of those, there's so many creative liberties you could have. It could be a parody. It could be a tongue-in-cheek comedy. It could be anything you want it to be. Legitimate horror. Yeah. You can have some great moments with it. Edgar Wright would do really well with that. Yes, he would. Okay, Edgar Wright, if you listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. Somehow, some way. We'll be sure to put him in one of the tags. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Edgar Wright. Hashtag make this movie. (laughs) Please. Please make this a thing. Please. This would be great. But yeah, it's it's just so difficult, which is what I think, however long you can live on this island, you're, you're going to try and beat this game, especially mm-hmm. playing solo. It's so darn difficult. One of my favorite videos out there on the internet right now is the Game Grumps playing this yes. game. Yes. <laughs> I It annoys the hell out of me that each video is only like eight minutes long. Right. Oh, this is back in the JonTron days, too. I, I love that so much, especially when he'd get so easily freaked out. So it'd just be so much screaming. I love it. I love their playthroughs so much. Um, but there's so many great levels. There's the the weed level where you have this weird al- purple alien plant where you have to like just weed whack your way through to get mm-hmm. to the neighbors before the, the weeds grow too fast. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's castle. There's the pyramids. There's just so many great levels in that game. It's it's creative and it's endless. Uh, and like you said, it's difficult. So like, you, you know, it's... That was one we never owned, but um, we rented it all the time. And again, we never really got very far over a weekend mm-hmm. before we had to drop it off. But you had to write but, down those codes so you knew where yeah, you left off. Jesus, yeah. I, I know my brother had a straight up like... Um, just a notebook full of codes. And I'm pretty sure like 18 pages of that was just from zombies, <laughs> my neighbors. It's a long game too. I forget yeah. how many levels it was. I'm going to look that up really quick it, while you continue to reminisce. Was it like, I'm, I'm just shooting this out of my butt, but it was like 50 or 60 or it could have been more. Now you got me thinking about like <laughs> the Game Grump playthrough. I want to go back and rewatch that. It was so funny. <laughs> I just, I Googled how many levels in zombies ate my neighbors and... <laughs> Google is failing me right now. Google, what are you doing, man? Or woman, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> whatever you want to be. There are 50. Okay. So not as many, but it feels like a lot more because oh, well, of how often well, how you die. how hard they are, yeah. Like you um, can't get through it. There's there's level 48, the curse of the tongue. 48X, <laughs> which is the boss fight with Dr. Tongue, who is the main antagonist of the game. <laughs> And then you have a credit level, Monsters Among Us. Nice. There you go. I don't know if you were ever into these movies, but Doctor, I think one of the reasons why I enjoy Zombies Ate My Neighbors so much was because um, I loved the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes movies, or at least the first two. I remember I only probably watched them once, maybe twice when I was younger. They weren't my cup of tea, but I, I see. I want to rewatch them now that I'm adult. You know the, what I mean? The the important thing to remember with with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is it's an it's one of the first like really successful intentional B movies. Yeah, like they were intentionally trying to be bad. Oh yeah. And um, John Aston, who many might remember as Gomez Adams, mm-hmm. uh, the original Gomez Adams, uh, is the the main antagonist of the the movie. He's the guy who's creating these killer tomatoes. Uh-huh. And he just plays the wacky, crazed-out scientist so well. Uh, and I, I love that, man. I <laughs> When I realized that he was the voice of, I think he was the... What was, he, was, he was in Recess. I think he played a judge in the show. Or he was the, um, oh, the district... The, the principal? He wasn't the principal. 
That was the the guy with a really large chin, Principal Prick Prickly. Yeah, I think that Prickly sounds about right. Yeah, let's let's take another look here, just because now it's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> John Aston. Super was he the superintendent? Superintendent Schwartz. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Oh man. Now now you got me wanting to watch Recess. It's been forever. Superintendent Skinner. What? No, that's from the. No, that's Principal Skinner. Oh, Principal Skinner. Huh. And then Superintendent Chalmers is. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> now I'm gonna go home tonight and just get on <laughs> FX and watch <laughs> The Simpsons. And now I gotta find Recess. Thanks. <laughs> Netflix at least has the movie. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh. Sweet. So I know what I'm there's doing this there's a little something. Yeah. Oh, so okay, that's a pretty solid number one pick. That's pretty solid. Even now, I'm still trying to decide between <laughs> and and you'll you'll. Do you know need why. a coin? I can go get a coin. Ah, oh, it's mm, maybe. So again, not the greatest games ever made, but they're my all time. It's my all time favorite game franchise. At least the original trilogy. I can't even count how many times I've beaten this game. I still have my original PS1 copies from when I was a kid, and I still play them every single year to 100%. Spyro the Dragon. Ooh. Now, the problem lies with do I pick one, two, or three, because I never did a remastering. Not yet, anyway. Sony, please, if you're listening. I got in trouble with my manager at GameStop because I thought that uh, Skylanders was the collection. Oh. We had no description oh, of it. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Spyro collection. Oh, just I cause, wish. Because like, we found out that it was Spyro, and I just mm-hmm. I was like, I knew nothing about Spyro at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the assistant manager at GameStop, and oh, I'm, God. And I'm like, selling <laughs> shit to people that I don't know anything about. <laughs> Uh, it's speaking good for the company. But if it has to come down to it, two and three are kind of my toss-up. I, I even have it written down on my list. Spyro, two or three? Question mark. <laughs> if I have to pick only one, I think I have to go with three. Because it introduced the new characters. Like, the, you had the... And I can't remember the names. I know Sh- Sheila was the um, kangaroo. But you got, like, the... Lieutenant, oh god, I'm a bad Spyro fan. So yeah, the penguin, <laughs> but like each character had their own different types of levels. So like yeah, the penguin he could fly and he could like pick up bombs and drop them and stuff. So it was kind of like think old pilot wings. It, mm-hmm. it always reminds me of pilot wings. Okay. Um, you had like a Agent Nine who was a monkey and it was like a first person slash third person shooter. Think it's I I. Honestly, think they got the idea for Ratchet and Clank because Insomniac made the original Spyro the Dragon trilogy, and then of course they made uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got the idea from Ratchet and Clank from the Agent Nine Monkey levels because it's just like a third person shooter, very simple, but they did the job. Oh man, the music! I I have the soundtracks downloaded from just like finding them online. I listen to them. I fall asleep to them. My favorite characters of all time come out of that game. I love Spyro the Dragon. From two, Laura the Fawn, that what got me kickstarted on. I'm like, wow, fawns are cool. I'm going to look into these. And now I collect horns and all this crazy, like, don't come to my house. I, I, it looks like a creepy person lives there. But um, I'm unfortunately dropping, like, more money than I care to admit on, um, uh, what are they? First Four Figures, I think is the name of the company. They're doing this beautiful, like, 15-inch statue, and it's styled after the PS1 Spire the Dragon cover of them just standing there. Hmm. The textures, it's gorgeous. I collect as much Spyro stuff as I can. My most embarrassing moment of my life, I'm pretty sure, was it was winter. I had a hot cocoa. I sat down on the couch, loaded up 
like Spyro 2 or 3, I can't remember. I had my Spyro little plushie from when I was a kid <laughs> in my lap, was blasting the music on my laptop, and I'm in head to toe in a Spyro... <laughs> Uh, Kigurumi, like a Japanese onesie. Okay. <laughs> Straight with, I had a tail, wings, horns. <laughs> I still have that Kigurumi, and that thing is comfy as hell. And uh, my boyfriend comes home, and he just looks at the couch, and he just starts cracking up. He's like, God, you're pathetic looking. I'm like, yes, and I love it. <laughs> I I love that game. I love those three games so much. If, if I have to narrow it down, I'd pick three only because it's kind of like, Spyro 1 was good. But Spyro 2 was better. Like, they, the controls were better. They added more levels, more awesome, more power-ups. But then Spyro 3 took Spyro 2 and just fine-tuned those things and made it even better. That, and it's, like, the only game that I feel, like, post-credits when you get, like, you finish your collect-a-thon and you um, defeat the boss, they give you access to, like, special power-ups and stuff. Well, in all the other games, it's like, oh, cool, I got the power-up. I already or, uh, completed the game 100%. There's literally no reason for me to have this power-up. And this one, they kind of send you to like an extra little island. And then if you do all the right things, you get to redo the boss battle, but it's even harder. So it's kind of like, all right, this feels this feels worth it. I know it's probably it's probably like not the it's, choice that... Um, one of the things that just popped into my head, um, when one, when you're... Two of the things, actually. When you're talking about uh, the penguin that you can like bomber fly with like pilot mm-hmm. wings, uh, the first thing that popped into my head was the <laughs> critic, uh, the old uh, John Lovett show. Uh-huh. There's a scene where his, his dad and his mom are flying, mm-hmm. and I guess they're, they're having like turbulence, and so the, the dad's like, I'm going to go see what's going on with the pilot. And there's a penguin flying the plane. <laughs> and the dad just has this realization like, penguins can't fly. <laughs> and it's so great. I mean, you're and not the minute, wrong, the minute, <laughs> the, the minute he says it the second time, penguins can't fly, the plane just nosedives. <laughs> and they end up on a stranded on a desert island. I mean, yeah. which is very which is very appropriate for this discussion. Oh, that's so and then the other thing I'm thinking about is if there's anyone actually listening to this, that person's probably going to be the one snob that's like they didn't talk about psychonauts. Those are they're bastards. I'm never listening to them again. Yeah, well, you know, I'm tuning off too cuz <laughs> I mean, I had a pretty shit number 1 pick. <laughs> I've met tons of Spyro fans, especially anybody who like grew up on PS1 era. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's um, like they're more nostalgic. Crash Bandicoot's always at the top of everybody's list. I, lo- I love Crash, but I only had three. Spyro the Dragon, I had all three. I played the hell out of those. Uh, that was like the first game I remember. My parents, I would rent it every weekend, and they were throwing money down the toilet just for me to rent this game. And again, it's a it's a collectathon. It's you got to get to one hundred percent, baby. Mm-hmm. And um, thank God for the uh, development of memory cards. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Like, thank <laughs> God. Uh, but it, by the time my parents rented it, like a sixth the time, they were finally like, "Yeah, we're just gonna buy this for you because we're tired of spending money." And and I still have them to this day. I still play them every single year, um, sometimes multiple times. I love it. And I love to make fun of it. Like, it's got such <laughs> cheesy voice acting in times. And uh, one of my favorite, like, internet memes. Um, it's very simple, but it's just, there's, anybody who's played Spyro 2 knows this, but there's this pelican, and, he, and you're supposed to get into this, like, trolley and jump a course and collect, you know, like, little gears. And then, you know, you get, a, you get like, a reward for it. Every time you crash, you have to restart. 
And every time you crash, the pelican goes, ah, trouble with the trolley, eh? <laughs> and that was one of the harder ones as a kid. So I can't tell you how many times I had to hear trouble with the trolley, eh? Trouble with the trolley, eh? <laughs> I remember when I first started like kind of browsing the internet and I'm going on just, you know, video game forums or, you know, Reddit or V or anything like that. Um, I found somebody posting like worst moments in video games and the screenshot was of that fucking pelican <laughs> going trouble with the trolley, eh? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not alone. <laughs> that was like my first realization of, hey, there's a community of people who also hate this guy. Who else does the internet hate? <laughs> That was remind me. Is that in the era of voice acting in video games? Was Elijah yes. Wood Spyro um, at that point? No, no. Actually, um, the the very first Spyro game, I cannot remember the guy's name. I'm pretty sure it's the guy who actually voices uh, Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, um, um, I think it was him. But Spyro two and three, it was actually Tom Kenny, and he's yeah. still my favorite Spyro. So it was actually before Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood came on in like the PS2 era. He did that trilogy. Th- those were okay, but t- the top tier ones are always going to be the Insomniac trilogy. Yeah, Car- yeah. Carlos Ella's Rocky with the voice of Rocco and the Taco Bell dog, for oh, fun really? fact. Yeah. Oh. I had was... a stuffed animal of that. And Clancy Brown was Delbin. Clancy Brown, you may know as Mr. Krabs. Yes. And Lex Luthor in the Superman the Animated Series and Justice League Animated Series. Um, I'm trying to think, did Clancy Brown voice Jekt in um who's the guy who voiced Jekt in Final Fantasy uh 10 that guy that was the first time I ever heard uh that particular voice actor was he was um uh um Hunter the cheetah and Hunter's a dick oh my god every time every damn time you're like hey I'm collecting dragon eggs to save the fucking world and he's like Hey, Spyro, I found a dragon egg, but I'll only give it to you if you beat me in a fishing competition. Bitch, we're saving the world. <laughs> give me the fucking egg. <laughs> don't, we don't have time to fish. We don't have time to collect popcorn crystals. Give me the goddamn egg. We always joke that he was probably just storing it in his butt or something. <laughs> uh, so, Jekt is played by Greg Berger. Greg Berger. Who uh, is Grimlock in Transformers Devastation, which came out in 2014. He is probably more prominently known as the Gromble in Ah Real Monsters. <gasps> oh my god! I didn't know that. Ah, more nostalgia I have to watch when I go. That's why I'm kind of surprised. I didn't even realize, Um, uh, what was his name, Greg Berger? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that he was like the... Um, um, in Ariel Monsters, so I guess that was probably the first time. Well, I, I mean, heard. the the Grumble just spoken grumbles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I mean, um, I mean, no one, no one would be able to pick that out of the lineup. True. I, if, maybe now knowing, I could probably, but now it's so okay. I take it back. That's the first time I ever heard him. But like mm-hmm. now, I heard him as um, as uh, you know the oh, what's his name Hunter the Cheetah. And then when I played Final Fantasy X for the first time, I was like. Oh God, I can't take that guy seriously. I can't. All I can hear is a stupid cheetah. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of sticking with the voice actors for a minute. Um, one, Jim Cummings is like my hero. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. that guy is in everything and he does everything. I watched the Nostalgia Critics Disney Afternoon mm-hmm. special uh, thing that he did for it was like a forty-five minute episode. Yeah, and he went through the lineup as they came out. So it started with like Gummy Bears, Ducktales. Yeah, and it progressed like once it got to tailspin 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Cummings was in Tailspin. He was in Darkwing Duck. Mm -hmm. He was in Bonkers. He was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. He was like the cornerstone for the Disney afternoon. He He had had his hand in every show. Pretty much. I got the chance to meet him at C2E2. He he was late showing up. And this is a great story that I don't care if my daughter never knows who this is. Jennifer Hale was in the booth next to him. I love her. (laughs) <laughs> probably her most prominent video game role would be the voice of Fem Shep yeah. in the Mass Effect trilogy. She, uh, my personal favorite is she was Carol Danvers in uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest yep. Heroes. Yep. She was in the booth next to Jim Cummings. Um, again, he was late, so my daughter was asleep in her stroller, mm-hmm. and then she wakes up probably about 15 minutes before he shows up, mm-hmm. and she just starts getting really squirmy. She doesn't want to eat. She just wants to move. Yeah. And we don't want to get out of line because... We don't want to miss Jim Cummings. Yeah. And so <laughs> out of nowhere, I, I'm like holding my daughter. She's like squirming in my arms. And all of a sudden, Jennifer Hale is walking towards us. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, is Jennifer Hale going to yell at me because my kid is being, you know, awful right now? Right. And she goes, I think she needs to play. And so she's like, tells me to put her down. And she just like starts chasing my kid around in an empty space in the oh, the, the awesome. area between uh, their two lines. And she plays with her for like a good minute, just letting her chase her and run around. I have a really short video of it. Like, I, again, I don't care if my daughter never knows that, uh, you know, the current voice of Cinderella chased mm-hmm. her around. Oh, that's um, so cool. But it, it's like, it melted my heart. And I immediately yeah. like tweeted it. I was like, Jennifer Hale is the best person ever. That's so and awesome. It was, it, was just, it was a great moment uh, among many great memories that we're going to have of our kid when mm-hmm. she's little that she'll never be able to appreciate. Right, exactly. Well, it's kind of it's kind of the point of having a kid is they get their memories, but then you get yours too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why do you think so many people go to Disneyland when they're kids like three weeks old They're like oh we're doing it for little billy you're not doing it for little billy you're doing it for you <laughs> we we took luella to disney world for we took quote unquote took her uh, a friend was getting married uh on a weekend so we went to disney world which is like a week before her birthday mm-hmm. and we're like we'll say it's her birthday present but you know it's obviously for us right? and we'll just take her to go see all these things she's not even a year old we weren't expecting her to really react to anything except maybe mickey mouse because she watched nothing but mickey mouse clubhouse right yep we went in line to see Tigger and Pooh. She like had the biggest expression on her face when she saw Pooh. She's like, "Oh my god, that is the biggest teddy bear I ever saw." <laughs> Gave him the biggest hug and like, I don't know if it was genuine or not, but the 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 person in the Tigger mask was like giving putting the hands over the face like, "Oh my god, that's so cute." <laughs> and then she gave Tigger a big hug and Pooh did it too and like I got tears in my eyes cuz Pooh is my favorite Disney Aww, character so and so cute. I I started welling up a little bit I was like this is even better than I could have imagined. I'm like all of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I dreamed these dreams. Oh my god. So yeah and and among other things Jim Cummings was the voice of Winnie the Pooh and yeah. the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh and all that. And so, like, just getting to meet Winnie, uh, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, not even a year after she got to, quote-unquote, meet Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. It was great. I mean, again, she was kind of, kind of tired, but it was it was fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, voice actors are literally the voice of my childhood. And, yeah. Um, I've lost so much passion as far as, you know, the voice acting scene. It was something I wanted to do since I was, like, a teenager. And I didn't care if it was video games, radio ads, TV cartoons anime it didn't matter i just wanted to voice act so like i said i used to just worship these people i remember heck like my senior year of high school i had to write i don't even know what class was for but i had to write like a um whatever page paper for one of my heroes and i just did it on uh, mel blank 
for like Looney Tunes, the mm-hmm. original Bugs Bunny. Like basically every single voice in Looney Tunes is him. He was like Barney Rubble. <laughs> Any classic cartoon. He and unfortunately, I think he passed away in like 1988 or 89, right before I was born. Mm. And I'm like, that would have been cool to meet him. And then it just kind of you know drove on from there. I was like, this guy's awesome. He I can't believe he does like 700 different characters. Let's see who else is really talented. Billy West is one of those guys. Yes, yeah. Billy West. Ah, oh, dude, I was like, super mad. Um, I went to Anime Midwest this past year, and I was in line to meet um, some Japanese guests, but Billy West was in the booth literally right next to him, and I was like, well, I can't get in line for both. You know, I came here specifically for the Japanese guests, and um, I was standing off to the side after I was done meeting the guests and stuff. I was waiting for my friends to come by. And Billy West just gets up and, like, leaves. And he walks by and he has, like, a tour guide trying to get him to the next panel or wherever he's going. And I was kind of standing in his way and I was super tired. And I just kind of looked at him and he's like, hi. And I was like, oh, hi, how are you? He's like, good. I'm like, oh, sorry, I'll get out of your way. And then right when he walked by, I was like, god damn it, I should have at least acknowledged him. I'm like, it's nice to meet you, Mr. West. Because he probably thought I didn't know who the hell he was. I'm dressed up. He probably thought I was just some weird anime noob and weeaboo and... And I'm like, no, I actually know who you are, and I love you. I could have said something, and I Mm. didn't. The biggest disappointment, Disney's version of Doug, was that they did not bring Billy West back. Mm -hmm. And he's openly talked about how he, they wanted him to stay on the same salary that he was at and voice like an additional four or five characters. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so it just. Why do you think all these voice actors go on strike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like you said, there's so many. Tara Strong's another one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I got a chance to meet her at our first convention together. Yeah, it, voice acting is just an amazing art, and it, among other things, it, I'm, I'm pimping all this stuff out for free. Uh, the if you're in the Chicago area, look up Rob Paulson and the Animaniacs Live wherever you are in the country, and you find out that there's a Talking Tunes panel. Go to mm-hmm. those. Oh, yeah. Uh, or not talking tunes, twisted tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, twisted tunes panels are amazing. They get anywhere between six to like eight or nine voice actors, and they read a script of a movie. And oh. it's, it's just, <laughs> we saw Back to the Future at C2E2 last year, uh-huh. and Richard Horvitz as as uh, Zim. I was going to say Invader Zim, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Richard Horvitz as Zim as Doc Brown. Oh, my God. That, oh my god, I gotta find that online. I gotta see if somebody recorded that on YouTube or something. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Because the, the Twisted Tunes people, they say that we want all this stuff out there. So feel free mm-hmm. to record, feel free to do whatever. Uh, post it, just make sure you tag us in it. Yeah, And awesome. uh, Richard Horvitz to me will always be Daggett. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I can't think of um, his name, uh, Norbert. Um, Norbert, not Norbit. That's a horrible uh, uh, movie. Uh, Norbert. <laughs> I know who he is, too. He was the I voice of Salem. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, say uh, Salem the cat. Every time I heard Salem talk, I was like, nah, he's a beaver, man. He's not a cat. What's going on? I love him so much. I Man. <sighs> we'll have to do a, we'll have to strictly do a um, podcast. Just Nick Bacay. Nick Bacay. Okay. Yeah, there, there's going to have to be a podcast solely dedicated to just What's gushing about voice yeah. actors. Um <laughs> I, I follow so many on Twitter. Tara Strong's amazing. She shares a bunch of puppy videos, and she also does a bunch of uh, <laughs> she also does a bunch of quick like little vines doing voices. Like mm-hmm. she she'll do Timmy Turner and then switch over to Bubbles, and mm-hmm. it's it's great. I, I love following voice actors and mm-hmm. Billy West doing uh, Zap Brannigan as yeah. Donald Trump is amazing. <laughs> I don't care what your political views are. Hearing Zap Brannigan reading these tweets is amazing. 
Uh, well, I mean, Zeb Brannigan is kind of like the perfect person to be <laughs> quoting anything from Donald Trump. Zeb Brannigan always makes me a little sad, though, because he was originally supposed to be vo- voiced uh, by Phil Hartman. Yeah, that's just tragic in and of itself. Yeah, so we're going to end on a somber note here because yeah. we both need to get to bed. Feel free to judge me about all my video game picks. Feel Call me f- utter trash. <laughs> we, we've already acknowledged our love of Richard Horvitz, so um, Psychonauts gets a pass because yes. we love Richard Horvitz. <laughs> Do you have any social media stuff you want to share? I'm really not too up. Um, I Man, have I need to get Twitter. people that are more social on social media. I have Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram. I just post stupid selfies and crap. But uh, you can follow me on almost anything. It's Beppo. B-E-P-B-O. I'm on Tumblr. Barely, very rarely. But mostly just Twitter and um, and Instagram. Okay. Well, yeah, make sure you follow her. I'm sure it's at least fun. Uh, sure. You can always follow Talking Smack on Facebook and YouTube. YouTube is where we post all of our podcasts. If you don't have iTunes, um, you can email us at TalkingSmackPod. Uh, again, Smack is spelled S-M-A-C, Superheroes, Movies, Animation, Comics. Um, video games fall under the superhero category for me, so that's a kind of our, our way. It, yeah. <laughs> it's our Wi-Fi on the island. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkingSmackPod, and you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. You can follow me at Josh underscore Scar, and that Scar is spelled S-K-A-A-R, like Son of Hulk. And um, I love that reference. <laughs> it's, it, it's my actual last name. Lots of people don't necessarily believe me when I tell them. and That's badass, man. Like, sure, I guess. I get the same thing when people hear I'm Mandy Moore. They're like, oh, I love you entangled. Like, thanks. Where's my fucking money? (laughs) Where's my royalties, bitch? Yeah, please. And thank you. All right. Well, with that, we're going to end the show. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Feel free to email us. If you don't like our list, tell us what you would put on your list. Share feedback, whatever. We want to hear from anyone who's listening just because... Uh, feedback is going to be a big part of how we direct this show. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for taking the time. Mandy, thanks again for being here. Yeah, thank you we'll for We'll definitely having me. have you back on. Definitely. And with that, cue the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>